Hey, swim out of the boxers. Today's question of the day, is your left arm acting like a sloth? Slow and steady wins the race, but not when it comes to the connected movements of your freestyle. Dominic's been noticing some sloth-like movements on the left side of a lot of his clients. So let's see what he's been having them work on to fix this. And we are recording. All right. Welcome back to Swim Out of the Box, everybody. Um... I'm joined today, as usual, with my lovely wife, Lissa Latella. Hola, hola. <laughs> Feeling good. Uh, making it through these winter months. Uh, I hate being cold, and I really miss that we don't get a break from the cold by taking our trip to the Bahamas. First world problems don't get to go to the Bahamas. Yeah, exactly. Woe is us. Exactly. Anyway, um... I wanted to talk today about some technique stuff for freestyle. Um, in, in addition to one of our podcasts a while ago, um, the Crossbody Connection podcast. Long time ago, eons ago. Felt feels like that for sure. Basically, in that podcast, we talked about how the opposite arm affects the opposite hip, and how meaningful that can be to think about when you swim in freestyle in freestyle exactly and in 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 backstroke as well and we did get some responses from people Uh, some people thought it was incredibly helpful and made Mm -hmm. incredible progress with just listening to the podcast which i always find remarkable and then we had some comments of this was completely nonsense nonsense and they couldn't understand what we were talking about and i get that check your Uh, ears clean them out (laughs) well you know things get technical and hard to describe when you're just talking, right? Mm -hmm. But anyway, recently, like in the last, I don't know, three months or so, I've noticed this trend or this something's going on with all of my clients. It seems no matter what, if they're left-handed or right-handed, if they breathe every three or if they breathe consistently to just one side, it doesn't really matter. But it seems like people are a little slow to catch with their left hand, meaning once their left hand enters the water, it lingers and their right arm starts to catch up to it. But like slower than their right hand catches it? Like slower compared to what? S- slower compared to that their left hand doesn't catch up to their right hand, right? So it's like, well, well, why is their left hand lingering? But their right hand... Doesn't linger. Okay. Right? And I think it's because... Anecdotally, right, we don't absolutely know, but I've noticed that if I talk to my clients and tell them to not try to pull very hard with their left side or to load their catch, meaning don't try to like really set the perfect catch and try to build up a lot of resistance on the catch part, that they end up swimming better. It's really interesting. So, you're sure we're all not right-handed in this situation. You I am some... absolutely positive okay. of it. Had to um, ask because obviously that's, I mean, dominant side. So things affect this, I would assume. Well, it's it's a little bit more in depth than that. In that saying, I'm right-handed or I'm left-handed, that isn't necessarily a physical thing. That's actually coming from the brain. Um, I can phys- physically not do words with a pen with my left hand. Physical? Well, it's actually your brain is is connected to that left hand, right? 
in a way that it's not connected to your right hand if you're left-handed. Um, I'm just being a jerk. It's okay. Usual. It's all right. It's a good question to ask because this is, I think, a misconception for a lot of people that they think because I'm right-handed, I'm right-side dominant, and that's just not true. Everyone is right-side dominant because their thorax or their rib cage is rotated to the right. It's constantly rotated to the right. It is never to the left. Right with their left hand, their parents just hated them and decided to watch them struggle forever as a kid. No, I don't think that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, my mom's left-handed. She loves to say that. So, so I'm defending you, mom. I'm trying. So it's about the position of their body, which is always rotated to the right, which makes everyone right side dominant. And we talked about this, I think, with Vic. Um, you know, because I, I, it goes down to like inertia, basically. The, the earth spinning causes us all to be right side dominant. It's the weirdest thought ever. We've talked about that, and I didn't have a rude comment to say to that. <laughs> uh, like I was, would definitely remember... I think it was brought up. ...thinking the rotation of the earth had an effect on which hand I picked a pen up with. It doesn't matter which hand you use. That's not what we're talking about. The hand in which you use to write with is more about your brain wiring versus your body's position. But you're saying that the posture, I should say. Has, is not... Uh, it has everything different. to do with the position of your rib cage so this at least is completely physical exactly that's my point that makes it much more simple right so the reason is because shoulder blades don't sit in the same exact place on opposite sides of the rib we're not symmetrical right we're asymmetrical beings so one shoulder blade sits differently like my right shoulder blade sits differently than my left shoulder blade and I know that there are going to be people out there that don't have this problem, but they're far or they're fewer. That's the word. There's fewer people that are going to fit into that category because some people's shoulder blades are going to be opposite of what is the average, so to speak. Does that make sense? Fewer people fit into what category? The category of their left hand is going to linger. So you're saying that the people that you're currently talking about, mm-hmm. all of your clients, mm-hmm. are in the minority? They're, no, they're the average. The minority is going to be people that left hands don't linger. The, the average is left hands are going to linger okay. because of their position of their shoulder blade. Those left hand lingerers. I know. Get your life together. That's the average that's person. The so what we're that's about, so. <laughs> you know, conversely, the, the person I'm in the minority is the person that's going to have the right arm linger. So you think there's always one side? There will always be one side, yes. Okay. Um, so that now that we've, I've probably thoroughly confused everyone more, <laughs> why don't you continue? So it, it's the same. I use this example a lot. Um, traditionally, traditionally uh, right legs are better at loading, meaning heavier or controlling weight, where left legs are better at explosive movements like jumping. So do you think that in that sense... Having whichever foot you put first on the block, what's the most common foot there? Like a starting block when you're on when you're racing. It's usually right foot. Usually, Mm. Um, but that's all because of pelvis position, and so you can kind of think of your pelvis similarly to maybe your thoracic spine. And your thoracic spine is what again? Uh, The upper part of your back. Okay. Um, also known as the T-spine because it kind of makes a T 
Not in to be thoracic confused with your T zone, which often gets greasy. Especially on me. Uh, so it's about the position of the shoulder blade that I think people struggle with mm-hmm. without even knowing it. Okay. And so the simple correction is to just quickly swipe inward towards your catch position, not trying to load it, so that the speed in which your hand moves builds the resistance to push against, not setting this very powerful position. I almost I, I want people to think about it as it's a quick position to set to on the left side, but it's a powerful position to set on the right side. Does that so make when sense? When you say swipe inward, mm-hmm. what are you saying? When you catch, your hand should be, when you enter the water, your hand should be in line with your shoulder, basically. Mm-hmm. Maybe slightly outside of that shoulder line. Mm-hmm. And when you catch, your hand should be inside of that shoulder line. Okay. So it's a swipe inward. Okay. Um, so if you swipe inward quickly, not trying to actually set the catch, but know that you've created that paddle for yourself and go right into that power phase, I start to see something remarkable in all my clients. Their timing evens out. So they're not missing really their catch. Weird. Yeah, they're not missing their catch. Exactly. They're not missing their catch. And even though they're trying to make their left hand move faster at that moment, it seems to always even out. It is the weirdest thing to watch. And for people that actually perform it, it almost blows their mind because they'll tell me they feel like they're way off. And I show them a video of themselves, and then they can see that their timing is actually quite good. It's a really weird thing that happens. So swiping inward with that left hand quickly seems to help manage this lingering left arm, but then also making sure you shrug down with the left shoulder blade always seems to help people as well. It seems like right shoulder blades in general have an easier time shrugging downward and don't need to be forced necessarily or thought mm-hmm. about in great detail. Mm-hmm. But the left side always seems to have a little bit more resistance because of the way the shoulder blade sits on the ribs. So even though you just said that no one's had trouble not catching with this cue, um, say that you did and you told them to swipe inward and mm-hmm. they just completely missed the catch, their arm just drifted downward like I usually swim. Mm-hmm. Um, you're saying... Or would you say that the improved timing would be better than if they had properly had a good catch? The timing is better. Because at that point you have to pick, right? Which one's better, missing your catch or not catching late, right? If <sighs> yeah, this doesn't work for I you. Would say, I would say timing's better than having a bad catch on the left side? I'm just trying to understand because my catch hasn't question. existed for like 30 years. No, it's and a so good I question. Just, these are always things I need to figure out, like and or which do you focus on? I would say timing is better. Proper timing. Proper timing is more important because it keeps the momentum going. As opposed to letting everyone swim with a hitch. Like exactly. everyone likes to say that they're supposed to swim because you see one person on NBC Sports. <laughs> With a hitch in their stroke. So and specific. Like, well, I just couldn't remember. Um, I think that's an easy just way. So aggressively, it easy, just stands out. Yeah. People are watching swim like that, and you can. I've tried. I made my swim sh- like that in high school. It's terrible. Yeah, you shouldn't force that. If it happens, it happens, and if good timing happens, great. That's mm-hmm. that's obviously the goal. But you shouldn't be trying to to develop a gallop stroke or a hitch in your stroke. Um, I understand that. I just need to like. It's hard to see that. 
so aggressively like in when when swimming is televised or the olympics or whatever like it's a pretty i mean it really stands out yeah so i just i feel like people see that and think that's how they're supposed to swim because i definitely was in that boat and i i tried it and it feels different but then well i was taught to swim that way that was one reason why i tore my labrum in my right shoulder could have been my coach like outright told us you're supposed to swim that way you're supposed to have a gallop in your stroke that's so weird because then it everyone would just be wandering around with like gigantic lats on one side and nothing on the <laughs> left. I just picked the right. Um, so I think uh, an easy way to check to see if you can swipe in quickly and not spend too much time lingering on a, a perfect catch position is every once in a while while you're in your swim practice, look forward at your hand. See what it's doing. All right? Don't while be, you're swimming. Yeah. Take a peek. Take a peek. It's okay. Just make sure you don't reinforce looking forward all the time. Even that's going to be difficult to see, though. I feel like your body awareness is so shit in the water sometimes. Well, that's why you get to look. Uh, I think the only thing that you can really see clearly when you swim Mm -hmm. is your catch position when you look forward. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? So take advantage of that opportunity. See if you can quickly sort of swipe inward, build some some speed in that hand initially so you can build up the resistance against that hand versus trying to like be very powerful with your pull. Make it be a fast pull and get that left shoulder blade to kind of shrug down quickly. I have seen amazing results when I ask my clients to do this. It is very bizarre how quickly people make adjustments with it. So what are all of the negatives to the late catch on the left? Like, why is this so important to fix? Because it can kind of sound like a very minute detail. Right. But clearly it has a lot of impact. So where do you think that this impacts the stroke the most? It impacts the stroke, uh, I think, in that it causes more drag. Because the late late catch, catch, Mm -hmm. because the way that we teach freestyle, and I think the way freestyle should be swum, your arms are going to be opposite of each other. And so that is the job of the lead arm to keep you elevated on the surface of the water. Whichever arm is leading at the Whichever time, arm, right, right. Mm-hmm. right. So once I set my catch, it helps prop me up. It helps lift me up higher in the water so I have less drag, right? Mm-hmm. So if my left arm is lingering, I'm falling downward and I'm causing more drag. Into the water. In the water, exactly. All right, there's that. But then there's also the loss of velocity. So anytime there's a glide or a pause in your stroke, you're losing velocity, you're losing momentum. And we should always be trying to maintain our momentum so that our velocity doesn't drop and we don't have these like peaks and valleys of, of really hard pulls with a really long glide. It sounds to me like it could also have um, a negative impact on, oh my God, I had it and then you said something else and my brain went totally blank. Well, this is great. That's all right, that happens. So there's a lift that you get as you finish your stroke, and that lead arm is also sort of helping with that lift. Oh, timing of your rotation. Couldn't this negatively affect Mm -hmm. the timing of your rotation, which ultimately is the beginning of everything, all of the connected pieces? And then so everything could just fall completely I don't know if we can call it beginning because it is sort of a cyclical thing where, you know, who's to say what's the beginning or the end? But I think you're right. And, and it, well, you can say that a lot of things stem from having a proper rotation. Right. I think I stand by that. Sure. You could say that and stand by that. Um, I support that. So you're right in that if my left arm is out front, 
trying to catch and my right arm is past the right shoulder during the recovery, there's no way I'm going to rotate properly. There's no way. Mm -hmm. And furthermore, that's going to also affect my breathing. It's going to affect how I turn my head to breathe. That would definitely affect my kick as well in, yeah. in a negative way because then you're fighting and everything's... When, you're, when you lose that, I feel like, connected feeling in the water and everything starts to feel bad or people are like, oh, I just my stroke felt gross today or yep. like my timing was off. Like This is one of those things that does that. Right, and that's why I said it's more important to have good timing than a, a awesome catch on that left side mm -hmm. because that timing allows for so much to occur in your stroke and ultimately what you're doing is trying to be the most powerful and efficient swimming machine you can be i wonder if we need to think about like in terms of like instead of being powerful i wonder if it's just consistent just like when you walk is a really good term oh, efficiency to think of because if you're if your power output is just so aggressively high and your return is so negative you're A, exhausted. B, yep. all of your stroke is going to start to fall apart. Mm -hmm. C, even if you don't know about it, you're going to get frustrated because you don't feel good. You're going to start to feel like shit in the water. True. And then everything just sort of goes downhill from there. So if like keeping your efficiency up, like it keeps your energy up. It helps with your endurance. It just helps. With That's where momentum's really helpful. It's Like I said, it's just like walking. When I walk, it's one foot in front of the other. They're opposite of each other, mm -hmm. right? So when I swim, my arms are going to be similar. They're going to be opposites of each other. And it's going to make my efficiency better versus trying to do a gallop stroke or you could equate that to like a broad jump. I was going to say, <laughs> how does a gallop, gallop stroke translate to walking or running? Like what would that look like? It'd be like skipping, skipping kind of. Someone should totally skip in the Olympics. But coach, For what I'm sport? so much stronger on this. I don't know. <laughs> The decathlon, you could probably get away with it in that. But what is cool that I know of, at least when it comes to legs, you can change your, your pelvis to position so that both legs can be explosive. It's really weird. Change your pelvis position? Yeah. What stem, what tangent have I made you go off on now? No, no, I talked about how one leg is a powerful leg, mm -hmm. like a loading leg, and one leg is an explosive leg. Right. Well, I know that NBA players need both legs to be explosive so they can change which leg they jump off of so they're not predictable okay right so i know through like pri stuff there are pri professionals that work with nba teams to make both legs explosive and pri is just that respiratory stuff right so i know that was very technical everyone you're welcome yeah um i don't know if there's been anyone to develop some protocol to make both arms explosive or both arms like powerful like that but i don't think there needs to be i think it's just a matter of recognizing our natural anatomy we're asymmetrical asymmetrical mm -hmm. and then leading into that and not having this disillusion of like oh i'm the symmetrical being and every my right arm should move exactly like my left arm and my left arm should move exactly like my right arm or my left leg should move exactly like my left or my right leg that's not ever going to be the case, so stop trying, you know? Ouch. Yeah, stop. Isn't there some weird science about, like, face symmetry making you, quote-unquote, more or less attractive? I mean, look, look at my face. You see this thing? So ugly, so unsymmetrical. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. So, on that note, I 
think we've covered anything, everything I've wanted to kind of bring up in this podcast. I'm I want to this. Keep it real minimal. Well, there's no reason to to convolute the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, I think that this is sort of a part of that cross body connection, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's a part of understanding uh, a, a human anatomy and going, you know what? I'm not going to make both my sides look exactly the same. I shouldn't be trying for that. It's realistic. Someone once told me your eyebrows should be sisters, not twins. So we can think oh. about it like that, maybe. I love that. Or I'm they using are that. sisters. Not I'm, I'm using that one. Your arms are supposed to be sisters, not twins. <laughs> I don't know who I took that from, and I might have botched it, but we could just pretend. I love it. I think that's a great example. All right. On that note, let's wrap it up. And now, in case you're getting your eyebrows done today, you have something else to tell your eyebrow person. My hairstylist does it, so I don't know what to call that person. I don't really call that person either. Anyway, uh, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on YouTube. Share the podcast. Do it. Do something. Have fun getting waxed. Bye.